0: Yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. We are back podcasting about it would be the show. Um, today we have a few kind of more theoretical things to talk about. We are going to try to make some suggestions, uh, educated ones, not stupid suggestions like, hey, the Yankees should trade Miguel Andujar. Uh, for Shohei Otani. not stupid things like that. We're gonna try. I'd love that, by the way, Yankees. If you're listening, but we're gonna we're gonna hopefully put our heads together and think of ways to make future Emily the Show's better. It might be too late for 23. I'm pretty sure they're pretty far along in their production cycle uh, because it's November. But listen, <clears throat> it's good to have conversations about how we can make the game better. Before we get into that, yes, I am aware you're all mad at me. I didn't stream last week, even though I said I would. Uh, I ended up traveling for Thanksgiving, as folks tend to do, um, and I spent time with family and friends, and then this week, uh, the current week you're listening to this, I will not be streaming as well, because from Thursday to Sunday, I will be gone, out of town, I'm in a very good friend of mine's wedding. So, we're taking a little bit of a mental break, the f- next week though, your boy's back. We're gonna be streaming Pokemon, and will be the show, whatever my heart desires. Um, Not going anywhere. Just sometimes a nice little mental reset is good. I've played very little MLB The Show in the past week and a half. It's kind of been nice. Been enjoying the heck out of Pokemon Scarlet. I know it's a buggy game, but I've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not done with MLB The Show. Don't worry. I'll probably play some right now while we're recording this podcast. Uh, But it's just been nice to sometimes step away. You know, content is pretty much over or damn near close. And so why not take this opportunity now to play some new things? But now you're all going, Kenny, whatever are we talking about today? Let's get into it. I have here an email I received on November 16th. Yes, people send me emails. Yes, I love you if you do. Um, This is from Steve. Shout out, Steve, longtime listener of the show. I love you a lot. Um... I thought about talking about this last in last week's episode, but I ended up kind of going in a different direction. Save it for now. You know what? It's good to have content in the bag, as they say. So, I am not going to read this verbatim. It's a lengthy email. It's a very good email. It's a well-thought-out, just well-articulated email. It's always nice when I don't get shit to read. Uh, but I am going to go over some of the finer points. So, what's going to happen is I'm going to read this email on my telephone, and then we will talk about certain points. We might stop at certain points. Yeah, we'll just fucking, fucking just go with it. You guys know how it works. It starts as, hey. It's a great way to start an email. I do suggest that if you are starting emails, hey, hi, how you doing? Those are the best ways to do it. Been listening to your podcast for a while, and I enjoy it. Thank you. I love you. Uh, well, except for the yawning. Yes, I yawn sometimes. you are going to try to not do it ironically in this one. Heard the podcast about the 99 Randy Johnson, which we uh, put out the week before I received this email, and he just wanted to respond. The release of Randy, Shohei Otani, the Takashi collection, and Mickey Mantle, the big collection, brings up an issue I was motivated last week, so motivated even, that he wrote to SDS about it. So I think, and you guys will see as, as we continue going through this email, if you're able to articulate your thoughts like a human being and not like a Neanderthal you should email SDS. File a uh, a, a report, a ticket. If you are on Twitter and the DMs of a certain developer you are are familiar with are open, as long as you do not harass these people, certainly do not do that, reach out. Hey, this is something I'm experiencing. This is something I am unhappy with. I just wanted to bring it up. Listen, does one person's voice make a difference? Not all the time. That's a separate conversation in many walks of life. However, articulating your thoughts well, putting together a straightforward argument, not even argument, that's not the right word, too combative, but straightforward point with supportive evidence sometimes can get the ball rolling. That's all I'm saying. So, it's uh, his complaint, his issue, is that many of us quote-unquote common players meaning folks who do not live and breathe the game, folks who just pick it up for enjoyment, folks who maybe pick it up late in its cycle, things of that nature. You know, not the people like me, like an idiot who plays 12 hours a day. That's too much, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, These cards, Randy, Shohei, Mantle, are unattainable. He doesn't even have Jimmy Rollins yet. This is his words. Even though he has over 900,000 stubs still in the bank. So, I will stop here. This is one of the very few points of this email I don't necessarily agree 100% with. And that is not, Steve, I'm not trying to shiitake all over you. All I'm saying is that there are so many almost free ways to obtain a lot of these cards. You can do it. And this is me having more confidence in you maybe than you have in yourself. You can do it. I promise you can do it. If time is an issue, then sure, I get it. Some of it's a grind. Some of it's free but it is sometimes about efficiently allocating your time and making things happen. Yes, if you are a player who doesn't play all the time, you probably just want to fire up the game and maybe play ranked seasons or or go into franchise or play whatever it is you want to play. You don't have time for the grind because you'd rather allocate your time to having fun. And that's completely fair and totally a valid point that I agree with. And I think you should spend your time however the fuck you want to spend your time. But, theoretically, if you took that time spent playing ranked or whatever and then just spent it all on moments and boring shit, you could, in theory, get the cards. That's all I'm saying. However, on to the, the, the fire points of the email, which me and him went back and forth with and did agree with. And ha- I think we came up with some relatively decent starting points as ideas. Um, where we go? Okay, this is a good part here. Some of it, you could say, is my fault. Talking about not finishing collections. For not buying cards when they were cheaper. Right now, at this point in the cycle, cards are very cheap, but when he sent it to me, there were still some things going up and down fluctuating because of the Mickey Mantle collection. I did buy Takashi Willie Mays when the price dropped to about 95k, but that's all because I'm a Giants fan. Sorry I didn't get Billy Wagner when he was cheap, but I'm not sure I had the spare subs to do it at the time. Billy Wagner as a Takashi card is now very expensive. Um which brings up a couple of bigger issues. For one. MLB, he says 23 here, I think he means 22. MLB 22 has become way too much of a market-driven game. Interesting to think about. Not everyone has a million stubs and really shouldn't be expected to. At this point in the year, more people certainly do, but overall, fair point. There are a lot of ways to manipulate the market, invest, to get you to a million stubs, but I think that's his point, is that it's it's a market-driven game. So, a fair point here. Let's hear him out. Um, people who don't have those million stubs, generally speaking, are the ones screwed, his words, uh, of the new cards when they come out. Which, of course, he says, I would indeed love to have them if I could. The other thing is that I admittedly am not a big online game player, and that's a to-each-your-own thing. We should not look down, frown upon players who choose to spend their time like, like they want to. If you're a franchise goon, good for you. I hope it brings you enjoyment and an escape from your everyday life. Uh, When you lose a lot, as I have, and badly at times, listen, not everybody's an expert at this game. It's totally fine. It gets frustrating. Totally agree. I have a ranked record that I consider to be pretty good. I'm happy with my ranked record. When I lose once, it's frustrating. So I feel you. I totally feel you. Why should I put myself through the agony, especially to grind for 99 Randy Johnson, the perfect game one? I agree, which is also why I haven't played a Ranked Season in a very long time. I don't know if I'm going to get Perfect Game Randy Johnson. I pride myself on having as many cards as possible. But with the fucking torture that Ranked Seasons has been, or had been, last time I picked it up about a week and a half ago, I'm not going I'm to not, I'm not do it. We're going to get Randy if slash when we get him. That's my new mentality for right now in this game cycle. So I agree with you, Steve, 100%. Not having those cards, Mantle, Shohei, Rollins, pick your, you know, whatever collection card, brings up a whole other issue. When you go up against a player who has them in their lineup, and you don't. If you're an experienced online player, maybe that's not a big deal. Saying, hey, you know how we talk about not all 99s are created equal? If you're an experienced player, you can get away with not having Jimmy Rollins and instead using O'Neal Cruz. Maybe that's not a fantastic example. O'Neal Cruz is still a pretty damn good card. Jimmy Rollins is, I think, overall better. But you get what I'm saying here. There are other options for you that are a tier below. If you're someone like me, Steve who isn't necessarily a top-tier player, his words, do you really want to play 225 innings or whatever it is to get 99 Randy Johnson? Listen, these are all good points. On this podcast, generally speaking, I talk from a relatively competitive standpoint. I do my best to level the playing field. I do my best to grade every card as if we're in a vacuum. I do my best, you know, I all and I always say, fuck it. If you like this card, use it. You know, I try my best to bridge the gap and talk to the game in a very holistic way. But because I tend to be a little bit more of a competitive player, and I don't mean top 50, I just mean I really try to to win online and things like that, that's just naturally where I skew. You could say it's my bias. Bias is generally a a very negative word, but we're just using the dictionary definition here. Um, But... I have listeners, Steve, others, love you guys, just the same as everybody else, who prefer to play offline. So yes, being playing online can be such a giant pain in the dick, and very depressing, and very off-putting, and honestly, it could push people away from the game. So, we need to take every single piece of, uh, of uh, uh, critique, it's not really the right way to say it, but every, every critique, everything, legitimately face value, equally. Maybe with this back to the email now, maybe without realizing it, SDS has created a class system of have-alls and common players um, that really differentiates the two. And w- common players is, is is a phrase that I use on the podcast sometimes. And if it has come across demeaning, certainly not certainly not the intent. And I I, I said this in my response uh, to Steve, because he rightfully called me out. He said, common players, that term rankled me enough. Rankled is a great word, by the way, SAT word. Rankled me enough to write it into the note. I take all forms of criticism, and I will use this platform to now say platform as if I'm fucking speaking to millions of people. But you know what I mean? Uh, When I say common player, I certainly do not intend for it to be demeaning. If you guys interpret it that way, then that's, that's, I should take that into account. When I say common player, it's what I said before. It's someone who does not fucking turn this game on for six to eight to ten hours every single day. You guys play it more commonly. You play it more recreationally. You play it more as an escape versus, uh, you could some for some people, it's a lifestyle. For some people, it's literally a living. When I say common player, again, I don't mean it to, to put anybody down. But if it does, then it's a term I should stop using. Just please let me know. I, I, I appreciated that he called it out in this way, because I, I just speak. I never even I never even think, generally speaking, about these things. Um, pre- uh, sorry. Common player or not, especially if I pre-ordered the game, and I did, parentheses, I, I've played it almost every day since launch. COVID kept me out of action for one day. Hope you're feeling better, whenever that was. Shouldn't I have a right to have the new 99 Randy Shohei or Mantle? Makes the game more fun for me. Certainly does. And gives me a more even field to play on. Absolutely. I love the game, uh, but I'd love it... Sorry. I love the game, but I'd love it more... I just couldn't read. To have all the tools everyone else has. So, I don't think... uh, Just to clarify, because I know what you guys are thinking. Steve is not advocating for handouts. Steve is just saying, let's make... By by saying let's make things more accessible would imply that not everything is accessible. Most things in this game are accessible. But I think what he's saying, and we'll get into this when we suggest new ways for content, is to make things accessible beyond a time limit. Think about that. We'll get into that in a second. Make no mistake, I'm not saying hand the cards to me. See? There we go. But maybe at least tell me what I might have to do, and please eliminate the million stub prices. As a matter of fact, control the market prices completely. SDS does it for some cards with minimum and maximum prices. Why not for all? Um, I I also think the stub cap is a little ridiculous. Like, if I, for some reason, have 5 million stubs, let me spend 5 million stubs on a card if that's what I want to. Fuck, 5 million shouldn't even be the cap. You should be able to have 10 million, 50 million, 100, you know, whatever. Um I think that's all I have to rant about, blah, 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 blah. P.S., I wouldn't have a problem using the Randy signature card. I don't think anyone else should. That's a great point. Um, and here we go. We have one more follow up email after I responded. I'll even read my response because I'm a nice fella. Hey, Steve. Thanks for your email. It's me. I'm a nice guy. Use an exclamation point there. I appreciate when people reach out. First, to be clear, I hope you don't take common players as an insult. I'm not going to read that paragraph. I just explained myself right here. Uh, To address the rest of of your email, I can 100% see your point. Content can be difficult to acquire, and sometimes even harder when it's locked within a time limit. Parentheses, feature program bosses, ranked NBR rewards, etc. I think one relatively easy solution would be to leave past feature programs unlocked. Maybe there's some sort of penalty for finishing an old program outside of the designated time frame, but that would at least make many of the bosses acquirable later on in the game cycle. I don't know if that's actually feasible... I can foresee a way in which it is um, uh, you would have to do uh, more program specific moments and missions. Obviously your online gameplay online gameplay excuse me can't account for seven different programs at once but I think there is a way to make those cards, those bosses acquirable earlier. Than the way they throw them back in flashbacks, or throw them back into future programs or the Forever program. It's not perfect. I haven't really thought it through all the way, but it's just an idea. It's just an idea. Overall, I think we can both agree that the game's content has been great, as has been mostly the overall rollout. I do think it's gotten a bit stale in terms of how we acquire cards. I'd be open to wholesale changes to shake things up. That's what I think we should all spend our time talking about. Content, as good as this game has been, can only carry a game so far. The gameplay, especially being shitty, the content needs to be top tier. And while the content has been top tier, its rollout has nearly been identical to the past, I don't know, three years? 2021? 22? The past three years have all been the same, might have even been before that too. So, I think we need to, I mean, SDS needs to, but also as a community can pitch ideas, come up with ways to just reinvigorate and inject a little life into Diamond Dynasty. Diamond Dynasty remains one of the best modes for no money spent, probably the best mode for no money spent, among sports franchises. It remains, in my opinion, the most accessible form of online play because it offers, if you're not a nine-inning guy, don't play ranked seasons. Play events. If you, you want a little more competitive action with, like, Lesser tier cards, play Battle Royale. Now, mini-seasons, if it were to work correctly, is another cool idea. I think Diamond Dynasty is a very accessible form of the ultimate team style of play. I just think it needs an overhaul just because it's, it, it's boring. It's not boring. It's old. It works and has worked for several years. But I think it's time to just give it a little bit of new life. Change something up. Instead of just adding mini-seasons and then not addressing the fact that it doesn't work correctly, maybe we get rid of programs entirely. Maybe we get rid of other programs entirely. Maybe headliner packs finally die. I just think we need... There's so many types of cards, and so many good cards, and so many good ideas that SDS and their design team and their content team have. They have to have some sort of way to switch things up. I in this moment on the spot. I'm not smart enough to tell you what those things are. But I'm just... This is more of a prompt to the community and to the people at SDS rather than uh, uh, me just standing on my soapbox screaming what they should do. Um, Steve responded back as he's a nice guy. Thanks for the response. I like the idea of leaving past programs unlocked or maybe reopening them at a certain point. That's another good idea. Maybe like Featured Program 1, when it's done, goes away. Featured Program 2 is here. And then when Featured program three opens you unlock one again and then two is closed for a little while you know you kind of skip one and then go back one decent idea that's a great suggestion thank you steve the content has been great though i feel sorry for people who aren't retired like me and don't have enough time to get all the cards in a timely manner it's a fair point your suggestion about reopening the programs would help but maybe not crowd the game with programs one on top of the other that's another good one this game like many sports games Is very timing-based, like we talked about. You have six days for this, seven days for this, three weeks for this, then it goes away, gone, poof, kaput. What if I'm on a two-week vacation? Listen, I know everybody has life circumstances. You cannot cater to every individual at every time. I I get it. But it, it is worth thinking about, is all I'm saying. I do like the way they lengthen them rather than just go two weeks. When he talks about programs, like, they're not all the same length anymore. They have different cadences. Um... As far as online stuff, like BR, Ranked, and events, I honestly haven't dipped into them too much. As I said, my record is awful. Another reason, though, is that I'm not sure the program documentation really explains that much of what you need to do. Uh, help people like me who are afraid. Yes, there, there's the... So, let me read this first. I think it would really help people like me who are afraid to jump into jump in headfirst into BR and Ranked that the game give me more instructions on exactly what to do. Listen, some people, like Steve, like others who play the game are so, um, uh, averse to playing online. And I mean that in a completely, um, not bad way. I just like, you know, they prefer to play other modes that it would make sense to like really explain what is BR? How does it work? You know, rank seasons. Is it something that just acquires cards? Is it just nine inning games? Listen, it's okay for video games to have handholding a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Um, Also, he mentions that there's not always a ton of detail in the instructions he sees. That's because... That's... It's because... We... Did we have an episode? I don't know if we had a full episode, but we certainly touched on it. The MLB The Show uh, instruction manual, if you will, is in the pause menu of a game. If you go to uh, the... You hit the pause, you go over to, like, game manual or something like that. (laughs) I don't think they expect people to read it, but if you're trying to read it, that's where it is. And it's so mind-numbing to read while on, like, a game screen that no one ever does. So, yes, Steve, there are instructions if you'd like to read them. They just put them in the worst fucking place possible because uh, they don't think all the time. Um, Basically, my comments are for giving us lower-skilled players a more even playing field, so to speak. Maybe have... uh, Anyway, Thank you. Yeah, so... Steve brings up very good points in making sure the game is accessible, fair, even for the entirety of its player base. Which is another ironic point because MLB The Show SDS continues to do nothing about franchise mode which would also help a lot more of its player base. So, listen, the point of this episode is just to get us to think. It's to thank a very kind viewer, Steve, for giving me his very well-put thoughts. Um, And just to find ways to reinvigorate, 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 sorry, and inject some life in Emily, the show, the game we all love to play. I think it's tough to like, all right, let's say we get rid of programs. Well, then what exists? You know, they did a thing where they got rid of the experience, uh, the the compilable experience bar, whatever the hell it's called. Remember that? We all love that. That's gone now. So they are willing to take some steps and take some calculated risks, if you call it that, to change things up. I would argue the that is the biggest change to acquiring content in the last couple years, and realistically, all that did was remove what five cards and like some stubs and packs like that. It didn't really remove a ton. There has to be a way. There has to be a way, and I don't. I don't want Diamond Dynasty to become a shell of itself. The redeeming qualities of Diamond Dynasty are that there are so many different ways to play with your team that you construct to your own liking. You want to have an all-speed team? Go for it. You want to have an all-power team? Sure. Want to have an all-contact team? Absolutely. You want to have all 99s in the field? Build the team however you like. You want all lefty starters? Fucking do it. The best part about Diamond Dynasty and other ultimate teams, but specifically Diamond Dynasty, is that you can build a team to your heart's content. There are so many cards, some more Difficult to acquire than others, sure. But so many cards, you can kind of just have your way with it. You can have a ball. But what Steve and I can both agree on is that it's stale. It's tired. It's one of the reasons this game has has seen such a precipitous drop. Another great SAT word, precipitous. Precipitous drop since... July June since since really the the all-star game I think is when we started having just the player base and the twitch viewership numbers crater the gameplay is so bad and the stuff is so so stale and old it's not keeping people uh, engaged I'd love new ways to a- acquire content God if if player of the month content grinding next year is anything like it was this year I might just skip all the programs. I, PXP, PXP grinding is not the move. It was a cool idea, at least on the surface, to get people using the cards to grind things out. It was definitely a change from last year, but God, it's awful. The other, I, I usually complete other programs within three hours. Granted, I haven't played a ton, like I said, but I have played at least six hours and I'm only 68 points through this other Finest program. I have acquired none of the Retro Finest cards, Gagne, Delgado, and Gary Carter. Grinds are good, right? We've talked about how how well-thought-out, well-constructed grinding that is stimulating and fun and is super worth it, like the rewards are worth it, worth it, is worth my time. I think we could all agree on that. I'm fine grinding a few days for a card that's going to blow my balls off. But this is moments, which are fine. I think moments can stay. They get a little boring, but I understand. Let's kill pitching moments, though. But these missions with this PXP and this countable shit and this... Like, it's... It's it's too much. Not too much. I'm fine with having a lot of stuff to do. It's just... It's monotonous. It's boring. It's it's a stupid grind. And this Gary Carter is not worth the grind. This Carlos Delgado is not worth the grind. This Eric Gagne... Like, I there's 12 other bullpen guys who I could get just as shitty results with, you know? So... It's just food for thought is really what this episode is. It's food for thought. If you guys have well thought out emails or Twitter DMs or comments to send my way reviews on the App Store. The App Store. The podcast fucking app. Whatever. Send us me. I love hearing your guys' feedback. If you guys have constructed critis- constructive criticism for me, I'll take that as well. But this is the point in the year where it's the time to have conversations, Right? conversations like this. How can we make this game better? How can we make this game more thought-provoking? How can we get to make this game more engaging? This is how we start these conversations, by having someone else who doesn't think the way I think share his thoughts, right? We should all be sharing our thoughts. We all have different perspectives, things we like to do, viewpoints. Let's share them and come together and make a better game. That was a very kumbaya thing to say, but it's true. You know? That's, there's a reason... Not one person designs an entire game. They have to have different people writing the story. I'm talking more RPG, but like RPG. Writing the story, doing this, doing that. You have to have collective heads come together to make something better, something great. Let's make MLB The Show as good as it possibly can be. Let's revamp content. Let's revamp programs. Let's maybe, we can even eliminate some card types like Second Half Hero. We can kaput those. Breakout, we can kaput those. Veterans, most of those cards mostly suck. Let's get rid of those. Let's just find ways to streamline stuff. Let's find ways to make every single thing that drops worth my time and engaging. That's all I'm saying. It's a big ask. It'll never be... It'll never happen. It'll never happen. But if I had my way, and if Steve had his way, and if a lot of you other people listening had your ways, it would happen. Um, So that's it. Steve, again, thank you so much for your email. I'm sorry it took a couple weeks to get to it. I answered it right away, but I'm sorry it took a couple weeks to discuss on the podcast. Um... If you have your thoughts, MLB the show the pod at yahoo.com, DM me on Twitter, KDJTV 611. I'd love to hear on YouTube if you guys have thoughts on this entire conversation. I think it's a productive one. Leave them down below. Like, subscribe, tell your mom, tell your grandma. Uh hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I know I'm not streaming this week. I will stream an updated uh, I will post an updated stream schedule next Monday. All right? Thank you everybody for listening. Happy playing whatever game you're playing. Talk to you guys next week.